everyone, and welcome to the second live edition of the Huskies on Tap podcast, live from Fatty's Pub and Grill. Over the course of this football season, I will be hosting this podcast here with a variety of different guests making appearances on this show. If you're not able to make the show in person, it will be available via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. My name is Brandon Suarez. I'm a sports management student here at Northern Illinois University. I've been covering the NIU football team for about two years when I started this podcast. I was just more or less an idea. Now we have a live show, so it's starting to come to fruition. And today I'm joined by two of our newest members to the NIU football team, quarterback Rocky Lombardi and superback. I wouldn't even give him a position, Clint Rathbis. First and foremost, I want to thank you guys for being here. Uh, Rocky, how are you today? I'm doing great. How about you? Hey, I'm doing good. Second live show. I uh, got the jitters out last week. I was a little nervous, but it was with Braden Lee. Those are my guys. It's always fun talking football with them. And it was good to get to know Liam, but I found out uh, that last week we uh, we have a little bit of a mess to pick up here at the house, but uh, how are you doing today, Clay? I'm doing good, real good. All right, so real quick for everyone in the house, go ahead and tell us everyone where you're from, your year, your major, previous school position number. I know it's kind of a mouthful, but... Okay. Uh, I'm from Creed, Illinois, uh, year six year, uh, originally from Western Illinois. Uh, major, I majored in engineering technology, going for my global uh, MBA. Uh, uh, what's your position? What your position is and what's your number? Uh, position, I play you know, running back, uh, slot receiver, a little late back, and then uh, 25. A little Wildcat this weekend, a little Wildcat QB. And for you, Rocky, uh, your hometown, your year, your major, previous school position and number. Yeah, so uh, I'm from Des Moines, Iowa. I'm a fifth year junior. Uh, previous school is Michigan State, play quarterback, number 12. All right, so there we go. Now that you guys know who we're sitting with, uh, we'll get started. So obviously both of you guys are part of, you know, the transfer portal, transfer portal era. Uh, Rocky, I'll start with you. What was your experience like in the transfer portals and what other schools reached out to you during your time in the portal? Yeah, so I had a pretty short, short amount of time to, to choose my school. I transferred that semester, so I basically had about a week, two weeks to, to get into the whole process. But um, I had a variety of different schools hit me up. Uh, my final two were probably between here and UCLA. Um, I'm glad you picked here. It's hard to, it's hard to go from uh, L.A. to DeKalb. That's a big difference. Yeah, I don't know. L.A. seems nice, but I don't know. I don't know if it's for me. Um, but but it, but it was good. It was a good experience. Um, I'm glad the transfer portals opened up a little bit and gave them some opportunities to get to uh, you know, give them a second chance. Yeah, and traditionally or in the past, we wouldn't be able to see you until next year. We wouldn't see you until next year. So, Clint, how was your experience with the transfer portal? And what was it like, you know, because, you know, you were at Western for was it four years or five years. Five years. Yeah, so you were there for a while. What was it like going into the unknown? Like, hey, I don't know where I'm playing football next year. Yeah, uh, kind of like Rocky said, uh, my time in the transfer portal was pretty short. I think I made it early December to my match in the portal. Uh, Northern was actually the first school that kind of reached out to me. You know, heard from other schools just here and there, but, you know, they were, you know, really interested right away. And kind of why I jumped on it, you know, I talked to Sorensen, you know, Coach Ham, and, you know, just a bunch of great guys, and love what they said. Uh, like Rocky said, it's kind of weird, you know, Western was home to me for five years, and I've never really imagined playing from somewhere else, but it's kind of how it kind of planned out. And, uh, you know, it's an awesome opportunity. And just, you know, I've looked back since. Yeah, and I remember, I have an NIU group chat with 
former co-host Ethan and one of my buddies that also goes to school here. And I just remember the day you came through and the day you came through. And they're like, we got a quarterback from Michigan State and we got a guy called the Rat Dog. So it's like, we're with Rocky and the Rat Dog today here at Fatty. So it, and it's come full circle, like I said. But Rocky, what made you decide that, hey, NIU over UCLA? What was like that decision process like? Yeah, um, you know, for me, it was it was about the people. You know, I Coach Hammock, uh, you know, he, he stayed true to who he was. And, um, you know, he, he shoots you straight. He, he tells you how it is, and, and I respected that about him. And uh, I wanted to find an offense that I would fit in at, and I wanted to be at a school where I felt like I could win a championship. And Clint, for you, what would you say was the, like, the final choice that made you say, hey, NIU, these are my guys, let me go, you know, finish my career here, and hopefully be, you know, Jim Aggie was out there on Saturday. I saw maybe getting, you know, catapulted to the NFL. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like Rocky said, I'm sure it's a big Coach Andrew, he's out. And then uh, he also worked with, he was kind of talking to Kyle Uchek at the uh, Baltimore Ravens. And he got a chance to work with him. He was kind of blowing smoke my way a little bit and talking about that. But it was all done. I see the vision, though. I see the vision. (laughs) All right. So I'll I'll ask you guys this. You know, you you come from a school where you played with almost 100 other guys. There's probably people that you know that are still in the transfer portal. What's your advice to players that are making that big decision to say, hey, I'm going to leave everything I know, put my, you know, college career on the line and go to the portal? Uh, just to think it through. You know, a lot of thought, a lot of thought went in my decision. There's a lot of factors And it wasn't something I could jump to right away. You know, some players will do it just because they're pissed off in the moment. And, you know, it's, it's a bad decision to do it So I just say make sure you're thinking through and, you know, thinking about all the other options. Yeah, just to build off that, I would, I would say create, create a list of, of things that you want to accomplish or that you want in a program. You know, don't just go into it being like, ah, eh, you know, look at this school, look at that school, whatever. Pick, pick, pick things that you want in, in your next school. You know, I, I want to do this, I want to do that, whatever. I want an offense that suits me. Whatever that is for you, and then evaluate programs based on that. And then uh, most importantly, Clint and I both touched on it, but uh, evaluate the people that are recruiting, and I think it, I think that uh, the people within the program are more important than the program itself. The people make the program, so make sure you really evaluate the coaches and the staff and the players, and, you know, because because that's what's gonna that's what's gonna be at the end of the day. You know, if you're gonna be playing with the people. Exactly. Those are the people that you gotta wake up and see at six o'clock, screaming, you know, right in the morning after. After you've already yelled at Clint for not cleaning the kitchen, so oh, yeah. it, it's it's <laughs> tough. But uh, all right, so here we'll, we'll close up on the transfer portal. Here, recruiting pitch to a player in the portal right now. Why to come to NIU? Uh, we're building something great. You know, uh, got a lot of young guys in the team, and like I said, we're kind of developing the new heart. You know, it means uh, something else for everyone. But I feel like we're you know building it back up. Yeah, I'm kind of beating a dead horse here, but you know, the people, the people's where it's at. So, Coach Ham, the staff, uh, kids here, players, it's, it's, a, it's a special place to be. And like Clint said, we're building something great here. So, it's going to be a special place here very soon. Um, and uh, I'm excited to be a part of it and to build that culture. All right, so we'll get into a little bit of Wyoming talk. I know we weren't able to come away with a victory last week, but it was a great game. Uh, the guys showed tremendous effort. Me and Rocky talked about that this morning uh, for, for the podcast preview episode that will be available on Thursday morning. But, Clint, through two weeks, we've seen you in 
so many different looks, so many different roles. Last week, we saw you at the Wildcat quarterback. I know I talked to you a little bit about the press conference, but talk about your role with this team and, and even further, like, I've heard Coach Hamick talk about it on several times, like that being your avenue to being on an NFL team. Yeah. You know, like you said, being very versatile. You know, there's different things that I can do every week that, you know, help us move forward and, you know, have some really good success in offense, kind of open some other things up for other guys. So, you know, just being in the right place at the right time and doing what I have to do that week. And Rocky, uh, last week you made a really nice pass to Trayvon Rudolph uh, during the comeback. It was one of the touchdowns that was, you know, catapulted that comeback. If it wasn't going to Rat or uh, to Harry, it was to Trayvon Rudolph. Take us through that touchdown pass. It was a beautiful pass and a beautiful catch. Yeah, um, we've been running the ball very successfully um, for the second half, and um, it allowed us to do a little play action. So we, we got we got the look we wanted. A little play action, got to got a little action from the backers in the corner, and we were able to beat them over the top. A little biting of the corners. You know, yeah. if you get a little aggressive, we'll make you pay. Yeah. But, so what's it like for you having first week, no sacks? Last week was a little bit of trouble, but you have such quality backs behind you, and then, too, we've talked about it. Like, your receiver room is so versatile, and you have so many guys. So what's it like? Coming to a brand new school, you already have like the keys to a Ferrari. I say. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome to have talent around you. You know, we got like you said, backs, we got receivers, tight ends, we got Clint. So we got we have a Clint, <laughs> we have a Clint. <laughs> so we, we got a bunch of talent around me, so it definitely makes my job easier. And the ability to run the ball as a team um, obviously opens up the passing game and play action, like I just talked about earlier. So now I know I talk a lot about it this on the podcast, but. What are we seeing? You know, if the pocket breaks down, are you gonna are you gonna boogie or are we going out of bounds? <laughs> well, Coach Ham, Coach Ham would tell me to go out of bounds. Okay, I, I most Perfect. likely will, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I don't know, man. I think you can go up on the on the, on the stick and hit him with a little hit stick, yeah. give him a little bit of clean action. But <laughs> all right, so Rocky, I spoke with. Uh, Coach Hammock this afternoon about the ability to stick to the game plan despite a four-score deficit this last week. Any coach, it's quick to abort the game plan when you're down four touchdowns. Uh, tell me what you saw from your team during the comeback this week and how we can use that and build that going into Michigan this upcoming week. Yeah, well, we, we obviously showed tremendous heart. Um, not only last week, but two weeks ago in Georgia Tech. So, I mean, obviously this team's got a lot of motivation, a lot of determination to, to not, not quit on the play, not quit on the game, not quit on the drive. So, uh, it, it's, it's, really, it's really helpful and gives the rest of the team confidence to know that no matter what the situation is, that we're always going to be coming back and we're always going to keep on. Just keep pounding that rock the hard way. Clint, for you, I know it was a game winner at the time. You could have told me it was a game winner. What did it feel like to cross that end zone? And I know we didn't end up coming out victorious, but to retake the but it's not retake, to take the lead for the first time in the game at four or five minutes left. Yeah. You know, we were kind of expecting this. As soon as we hit that field goal, ball that defense did a great job, you know, just the energy from the offense when they kind of we went out there and we knew we had to do it. You know, it just kind of happened. We knew we were going to get in there We'll go back. We'll go back to uh, sweeter times. We'll go back a week before, and I know we all live by the twenty. We live and die by the twenty-four hour rule, but I kind of have to make a couple exceptions because we're out of stuff to talk about. 
take us through take us through the play call, the game winning touchdown against Georgia Tech. When you go first, then we'll go over the quarterback. But the game winning touchdown catch against Georgia Tech. What was that like? Yeah. So uh, you know we were hitting with power all day. Like was doing a great job hosting. Yeah. people out. Uh, I was able to get in there, you know, we ran a little play action, play action off of it, they jumped it, wide open, Rocky put it on. <laughs> Rocky, I, I know it was a little crazy of a first game, but take us through that last play from your perspective. Yeah. And you took a shot too, you got absolutely drilled. Oh yeah, so uh, the play action, like Clint said, we've been pounding with power all game, it's been very successful. And uh, I think we're on like the four, three, just not, not quite close enough yet. Yeah, probably punching in at one play. Um, we have a play action that was wide open. And uh, the two-point conversion was, you know, that was pretty sweet as well. So it's just a uh, I can't even believe it. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the poise, the toss, the catch. And to be honest, like, we've been in that situation a few times last year. And I have never felt the confidence that I've felt you know, after giving up the lead on the road, having won a game in 649 days, you guys really answered the call. And it was like, it was crazy to think about. You got, you got four touchdowns there. You know that, right? Four touchdowns, three last week. Uh, the guy that, the guy you're running, they, uh, we'll go a little thunder and lightning because he's a little bit of a different back than you. He's a smaller guy. Runs, I'll say, with that same tenacity and that same, like, like, I'm not going down, you're not going to tackle me. What's it like working with Harrison Wade Lee and uh, kind of working off? Yeah, no, it's awesome. Harry's definitely one of the hardest working guys to be on the team. You know, it kind of elevates the entire room to the level. You know, we're always kind of striving to be better. And you'll see me work hard practice, I'll see him in time. Just keeps pushing us and pushing us against me. And then Rocky, for you, uh, in the receiver room, we have Tyrese Ritchie, who by all, by all accounts, and I'll say, is the best receiver in the match. What's it like going to work knowing you have a number one target like that, who's got about as sure as hands as you're going to see in college football? Yeah, Ritchie's, Ritchie's a phenomenal talent. Um, you know, he's always something, somebody we can go to, uh, no matter the situation, but especially in the crunch time, uh, as, he, as he proved the last two games. So uh, it's awesome to work with him. He's also a tremendous worker, shows up to work every day, uh, is motivated, never complains. Uh, he's a great listener, very coachable. So I'm excited for his future. You, I can already see improvements in his game from this year, the last year on tape and this spring. So he's going to keep getting better, and uh, he's, he's going to be a reliable target. And then a, a quick question about the compete team. We hear about the compete team a lot during our media sessions and, and certain written stuff. Who's the receiver on the compete team that you cannot wait to get your hands on when he gets up to the, you know, elevator to the regular team? See, there's a lot of good, good young receivers out there. Uh, we don't get to work with the compete teams, obviously, but there's there's so much depth in the wide receiver room that you just can't even see line right out. I mean, from wide receiver three to wide receiver eight, I mean, we got guys that can step in there and play. We got confidence and, and all those guys to, to make plays on the I was telling Braden last week, uh, before you came here last year, I did NCAA football. The whole season, I streamed it all. I had everybody that was on the team on the team, and then just kept playing it after, but not on Twitter because I was too much. I won the uh, the Bolitnikov with Messiah Travis. <laughs> and I won the, also I won the kicker turn with Fabian. So, just saying, but... <laughs> All right, so we'll, we'll we'll tone it back in. I'm getting out of hand. But stats for last week, Harrison and, and uh, Clint accounted for over 240 rushing yards and five total touchdowns. So 
That's a phenomenal performance. Rocky had a nice touchdown in the air, a little over 150, to close to 200 yards. And, you know, the captain to that comeback, because without the leader in the huddle, everything falls apart. But Rocky, going back to this past weekend, seeing what we saw in quarters three and four and the ability to fight and everything that we, we put forward, what can you take from that and use for this Michigan game, which by all accounts is going to be the toughest game of the season in the most hostile environment? Yeah, well, it just comes back to, like I was talking about with confidence. You know, it just, it just gives us confidence going forward that we're never going to be out of a game. And, you know, we, we kind of know our role as a team. We know that we'll run heavy. We know that we got to make big third down conversions uh, on the perimeter or in third long situations. And, and that's our role. And uh, the guys have done a good job accepting that. You know, receivers haven't whined. And I'm sure that, you know, they're not getting as many touches as they yeah. want, whatever. But, you know, we're running the ball. Yeah, exactly. We're running the ball. We got too much talent all over the field. So it's uh, it's going to be hard hard to divvy it out evenly. But the guys understand what the, what the goal is. And Clint, this, uh, me and Rocky were joking about this this morning. But I, and also last week with Brady and Liam. But I, I think you are like a prime candidate for a punt pass kick winner. Like, there's not much that we can see on the field that you can do. If Rocky ever goes down, can we count on you to, you know, maybe take a couple snaps on the center? Uh, actually, it'd be a lot more. Hey, Jordan Lynch was the record holder for rushing yards in, uh, in a rush during season, just until I think like last year or two years ago, the kid from Navy broke it. But it's like, what do they throw, two, three times a game? And if you actually check the stats, it's literally two, three times a game. Oh, yeah, that is. I'm sure you would hate it there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like uh, I like doing the, the triple option on like a video game or like, but I couldn't imagine my team running and I couldn't imagine being a part of that. Well, maybe in Little League, like when you were younger, when you played uh, Pee Wee, did you guys run like the cross buck and the wing tee and all that goofy stuff? Uh, no, I always had an arm in it. Come on, we're throwing it deep. I said, uh, yeah, we got a quarterback. We're going to need a new playbook. We are not running this. this uh, yeah, I didn't have a quarterback. We, uh, we ran the ball and even then we weren't that great at it, but. All right, so you guys played both last season, no fans. Uh, you at Western Illinois, you at Michigan State. Words to the Husky fans who made it out to the game. They were loud, and for the most part, a lot of people stayed until the very end. My little brother not being one of them, and he's on my my, uh, my shit list, but it is what it is. Yeah, no, it was awesome. It was a, it was a great turnout, um, the, especially in the second half. You could really feel the energy of the crowd, which was awesome. You know, we, we haven't felt a, a home crowd atmosphere. I mean, Clint, maybe ever, but for me, <laughs> but for me, it's been a while as well. So it, it was awesome to see see the fans out there and seeing them being energized. We got a lot of good comments after the game too about they like the way we're playing and yeah. having fun watching the game, which is which is you know awesome. That's what we do it for. We do it to have fun. We do it to do it for the fans. So it's been it's been good. And Clint, for you, played in front of uh, Western Illinois fans, and I guess I'm not in this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, I didn't get to play last season. We had a spring ball. All right. So, yeah, I've been playing in front of, you know, home fans, and it's been two, over two years. And, uh, you know, it gets tough sometimes when it's cold out there in Western Illinois. But uh, the fans there are awesome, and uh, here too as well. I mean, we had a great turnout at uh, Ryan Mullen. You know, you said as the game went on, and, you know, just so uh, so grateful that a lot of the fans stuck around. And, like I said, came to life. And we started coming back here. You know, 
it took all the energy I couldn't exert. Because like I told you boys, like I wanted to cheat, I can't do it no more. Unless unless it's an away game and I'm not there, then we know how I'm gonna, how I'm going. But but yeah, uh, crazy game and, and shout out to you if you were at the game on Saturday and you're in here. It was great to see uh, fans back at Husky Stadium. Uh, we'll do we'll do a couple fun questions. So Clint. Since Rocky was kind of poking fun. <laughs> In your time at Western, okay, I know you guys played against E1 schools. What are your top three stadiums that you got to play at during your time at Western? And you can even use so far this year in Georgia Tech. So you're saying top three all time? Yeah, all time. We'll go all time. Uh, I'd say Coastal was a really fun game to play at. Played at Coastal, Conceal Turf. That was a good game. That was the first year they won FBS. Yeah. And, uh, Put it on for you, you know, 52 or 10 years. Oh, wow. They've come a long way then. Yeah. Uh, it was Colorado State with the Green Rams. Uh, it was awesome. Tech. I believe it was what, the fifth oldest stadium in California. Yeah, fourth, I think. Even. Fourth or fifth. Yeah, Bobby Dodd Stadium down there in Atlanta. I wish I could have been down there. Of course, the one, that, the one that I'm like, the away game, I saw you that week too. You're like, where are you coming? And I'm like, I can't. Like, I already put all my eggs in the basket of Michigan. You guys handled it. I told you guys, like, go out there and handle business. Very shit. You ran out of your face. Everything came back with the dub. Rocky for you. You got to play in the big time. And then, too, they play a lot of good teams in their power conference. What's your top three? Yeah, um, top three stands. I'm gonna keep in the Big Ten for me. I just I love the Big Ten stadiums. There's a lot of great atmospheres and stadiums in the Big Ten. But top three for me would be Penn State, Ohio State, and Nebraska. No particular order, but all have great crowds. Um, they all have little unique aspects about them, but they're big stadiums, great atmospheres, just a, a really great. Game. And the whiteout too. We're prepared for the whiteout because you already did it at Penn State. So, uh, Rocky, we talked a little bit about this this morning, but I know people in your family uh, were at one point in time Michigan fans. Can you, you know, tell the listeners how you were able to convince everyone like, hey, no longer need to be with Michigan, and now we're with the gold or with the red and black. Yeah, so we, we had a little bit of a. So my dad was actually committed to play football at Michigan. Ended up going to Arizona State, but we got a little bit of Michigan blood in our family. Um, and but as soon as I committed to Michigan State, obviously the, uh, the fandom of University of Michigan ceased to exist. So is that back in like the Bo Schembechler days when your dad was in my Uh Yeah. So my brother's name is actually Bo after Bo Schembechler. Um, yeah, pretty crazy. That was like throwing a dart at the dartboard. The one coach that I know that's not like uh, Rich Rod or Brady Hope or like the newer yeah. guys. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So we got a little bit of Michigan blood in this. But once, you know, once I was a Spartan, uh, that all stopped, and, and, and now we're husbands. Before we uh, we get to the pivot, take us through your one experience, or was it one, or did you play it twice? Uh, our, our team played there twice. I played there once. You played there once. Okay, so take our listeners through your one game there and uh, the result of the game. Actually, I did play there twice. Now that, now that I think about it, <laughs> so I, was, I was the personal protector for the punt team my, my sophomore year. You really were doing the clink out there. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, was, that was a fun experience. Um, not, not the game, but being, being out there, um, especially as, as a younger player, was fun. But then last year, obviously, was – was a great game. Um, we ended up kind of winning on basically a, a last drive. We had to go in and, and score to put us up ten or something like that, and basically put the game away. But it was a cool atmosphere, and, and it was a great game, and definitely a memory I'll keep forever. 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get out there this weekend and see you guys play. It's, it's the biggest stadium in the entire United States, 110,000 screaming fans. It's going to be insane. But to go back to a point, uh, Clinton made huge Coastal Carolina guys. Rocky looks like he belongs on Coastal with the mullet. You know, with the long hair, he, he looks like the Coastal guy, you know? But... Yeah, they look like they've been having a lot of fun turning that program around. And uh, I actually know one of your former teammates, Kevin Sanders, who played at Western. Yeah, he's like, you got to interview my guy, Clint. I'm like, oh, buddy, we're already on. Like, yeah, Clint's the man. So it's, uh, it's fun to see all the different stadiums. And, like, that's one thing I told my friends last week. I was like, I'll travel for college football wherever. The first game I ever saw college for college football was actually a Pro Bowl season. The weirdest, most random game. It was uh, it was the WAC conference at the time because I'm old. Oh yeah. And it was uh, Hawaii. I think it was either Timmy Chang or Cole Brennan against. Uh, I am no, I don't, maybe not Clint. Maybe Clint. Clint's like twenty-five, right? No, I'll be twenty-four. Twenty-four and twenty-one, twenty-two. I'm twenty-three. Okay. Well, I, was, I was giving him a year, so I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, but. But, yeah, I'm not going the right direction. That's the fact of the matter. But it was Hawaii versus New Mexico State. And I don't even think New Mexico State's FBS anymore. Hawaii is, is just an electric program because they – when we were younger, you guys remember, right? Like, they had Timmy Chang, Colt Brennan, all these guys that are throwing four or 500 yards. Rocky, you as a quarterback probably love that. Oh, yeah. Colt Brennan. So, one of my uh, former teammates at Michigan State was a huge Colt Brennan fan. I think he – I don't know if he still holds the record for – Passing yards, but he was like 5,000. Oh, unbelievable. He did it for like three seasons. So, huge, huge uh, Colt Brennan fans. Yeah, the, the June Jones era of college football. So, I guess we'll kind of, we'll stick with, uh, we'll stick with the fun topic. So, Clint, growing up, um, even pushing into, like you said, the press conferences, like, we don't really have a position for Clint. He's just, Rocky said, you're just Clint. Who was like your idol growing up that you modeled your game at? It, was, it kind of switched a little bit. It started off with Tim Tebow, you know, a huge Tebow fan. And then uh, for a year or two there, it was Johnny Manziel. Okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah, uh, you know, it's kind of bounced around. Like I said, it's kind of hard. I played a bunch of different positions in high school, too, so it's kind of hard to model your game. So we'll be to, pick, to pick it back off of Tebow, uh, you know, it's a bit. Run up to the line, do the little the little drop pass over the top, hit your roommate Liam for a touchdown so we can see his touchdown dance. Yeah. Don't, be giving, <laughs> don't be giving away trade secrets, all right? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, we, run, we run the ball a lot, so we can't be taking away passes from our guy Rocky over here. I haven't seen, uh, I haven't seen too many trick plays. And last year I got in trouble because we were in a press conference and I was like, it was a dumb question. I was like, yeah, any tricks up your sleeve this week, Coach Hammock? And he's like, uh, if I did, I don't think I would be telling you because I think the other team misses. Yeah. <laughs> like, very good point. So, so Lesson well, learned. Yeah, lesson learned. So, Rocky, uh, for you, growing up, who was who was your idol or your favorite player? Yeah, so I'd say when I was younger, same thing, Tim Tebow, huge okay. Tebow fan. Um, you know, who doesn't love Tebow? He's exactly. just he's awesome to watch. And um, I thought I had somewhat of similar – traits that he did you know so you can trump people if you yeah, want yeah 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 we don't want you to but you can him and uh andrew luck i love watching andrew luck and then cole mccoy was really my guy from texas so shout out cole mccoy my guy i think cole, <laughs> i think cole mccoy is still in the nfl and, and i honestly yeah. I, I talk about him more than your average person because 
Cole McCoy has ingratiated himself in that like fraternity of backup quarterbacks where it's like death taxes and Cole McCoy signing somewhere in the offseason because he can run a scout offense. He's smart. He's athletic enough to give you a good look at scout. And it's like, hey, if he comes in the game, he can kind of still shake some. So, yeah, he had a couple, I think he had a couple of good games last year. Like, for the football team, yeah. yeah for yeah. the football team. I don't know if he's still over there. Let me uh, find out where is. Cole McCoy is at. Yeah, because Ryan Fitzpatrick, we were just talking about it earlier. Ryan Fitzpatrick went down. Cole McCoy. Oh, he's with the Arizona Cardinals. Bouncing around there. All right, so to stick to stick with the NFL, the Cardinals they looked good. You guys, you guys do fantasy football or anything like that? Uh, Clint and I, we were in like a little league, just a little fun league. Is Brayden is like a little roommate league or? Uh, no, we're trying to get him down, but uh, we got a few other guys on the team. Like, uh, <laughs> okay. okay, so you got you got the you got the, the specialist, you got the, the, the Cal native, the Cal. That sounds like a pretty fun league. I had so on the topic of the Cardinals, I had Kyler Murray this weekend, and he got me like forty points. And he is just he's phenomenal. He's a phenomenal talent. Oh, yeah. He destroyed me this week. <laughs> too bad. One of my buddies said he runs like his feet are angry at the ground, <laughs> and I kind of believe it. Like he has like a very angry run to him. He's very aggressive and. He honestly has a really good arm too, and some great weapons. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a great talent. I think he had five total touchdowns last week. I mean, just unbelievable. Mike Vrabel was doing the hands on the knees, like on the sideline, like just get me out of here. And that was a home opener for them too. That's disgusting. But uh, so for you, you grew up in Iowa, so you're kind of in no man's land for a sports team. Uh, who was your favorite, or your current favorite NFL team? I, I see. I never really had one growing up. You know, I. I Grew up in Iowa mostly, and, and it's just I just never really fell in love with the team. So I, I, I watched players growing up, and I was a fan of players that I followed from team to team. But you know, I never really had a solid favorite team. I, I love watching Brady and the Patriots, and you know, Rodgers. Is that where you get the twelve from? Brady, your guy? Uh, I don't even know. I've just been twelve forever, but I think I think somewhere along the line back in the day, Brady probably motivated me to get twelve. I mean. Often imitated, never duplicated, a seven-time world champ. You literally cannot get any better than Tom Brady, and it's like I have a hard, I have a hard time with like continued greatness because I'm like we need some parody, we need something new around. But there's just something about uh, the way he goes about everything, and then execution and making the people around him better, and that's all you can ask for a quarterback and a leader. So yeah, yeah, he's he obviously knows what he's doing. So yeah, he's he's, he's got his stuff figured out. He had a little uh, – he did his, his video this week at 328 playing the Falcons. So, oh, so 28-3 but backwards. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he's always trolling. Uh, oh, look, we got a little, little scouting report on the TV for this weekend. Clint, for you, uh, Illinois guy, I would hope you say Chicago Bears, but if you don't, I won't be offended. You know, I don't mind. I would, like Rocky said, I really don't have a solid NFL team that I – been a huge fan of Brady as well. I've kind of followed some players. Somebody broke a record here. He's a big fan of Brady. If we would have had Clint back in the, uh, the leather helmet era, I don't think there would have been a single, you know, because they're insurance agents and car salesmen at the time, been able to attack it. But uh, yeah, I. I unfortunately was born in Chicago. I did inherit the Rams with my dad. I became a Bears fan. I celebrate the Rams wins as if they were Bears wins, but 
not those wins. That's the one win a year that it's not allowed. But, but yeah, um, Chicago sports came. But here in NIU, and, and I've talked about it a little bit with your dad, and even just this, like having this show here at Fatty's across the street from the stadium, we're starting to build a community here. You guys are all sponsored athletes here with Fatty. Uh, here with Fatty, so why don't you talk a little bit about that, and then how did your guys' first dinner go on Thursday? Yeah, so it, it's been awesome for, for me. Uh, me and Braden wanted to get a deal for the whole line, and then for our apartment as well, so Clinton and Liam, uh, we're all, I think there's 10 of us total, but it's just a good experience to come in here and, uh, you know, be able to talk and just hang out for an hour or two, whatever, however long we want to be here, just relax hang out, eat some food, make sure they get a good meal. Um, so it's just a good experience for us. And, and, you know, we get to interact with people that, that are already here and eating. And it's just, it brings a sense of community, like you said. And I think the thing is, too, is like at UCLA, you wouldn't get something like this. You would get, you know, the big flashy cameras and all the lights and, and all that. Here, it's a little bit different. And I think you saw that for the first time in a while on Saturday because luckily for you guys, you weren't here last year. Last year, I saw it to punch the clock, record this, record that, write this, write that. I'm like, we can't win. It's ugly. It's bad. And it feels like for the first time here in, in the hammock era, especially with the Georgia Tech win, which I'll say is the biggest win in his era, that we're turning that page. And, and we look like a bowl team. We look like a team that's going to be competitive in conference play. And it's been a couple of years since we've seen that. So I'm, I'm happy that you guys uh, both ended up choosing NIU to continue your football career at. Uh, Clint, we'll start with you. Uh, I know the season already started, but three goals that you have for this season, uh, as it will be your last in college football. Yeah, uh, definitely win conference. You know, that's kind of the reason I came here is to win that championship. Uh, same goal for pretty much everyone on the team. I know 100% actually that's their same goals. So that's a team goal of ours. Uh, you know, personal goals, though, it's kind of tough. I, I just kind of, you know, focus on the day, focus day to day, try to improve myself here and there. And I don't really set too many long-term goals myself, but I kind of, like I said, just win the match championship and end up making it to a bowl game, winning a bowl game. Maybe for the third one, maybe like a 3.8, 4.9, you're capable of it. Coach Hannah would love to hear that too. Yeah, get good grades for sure. <laughs> That's all. Get, we, always, we always give you some layups here. We don't want to ask you the hard hitters. We want to have fun. Like you said, Rocky, relax, talk some football. But Rocky, uh, for you, what are your three goals uh, this year? Yeah, so for me, like I said, win a MAC championship is number one. So that's why I came here. That's, that's our team goal. So, you know, that's, that's number one for me. Um, and then kind of along the same lines as Clint as well, I just, I just want to improve every day. You know, just pick something that I need to improve on every day and, and try, to, try to get better. And then uh, my, my third goal would be to make people around me better too. Try to make a positive impact on them. Uh, try to improve them and help them attain their goals. I gotta ask you, I don't know how it took me uh, 35 minutes to ask this, but is there any relation to Vince Lombardi in your family? I don't know how I've never asked you this. No, no, there really isn't. Um, ironically, my, I think it's my great his name is Vincent Lombardi, but it's not the Lombardi. So pretty. You said great grandpa. He had to have been around at the same time. As, yeah. As yeah, I think he was. <laughs> I don't know how old he would be. Probably about the same era. I'll be the first one to say you guys both have like 
football guy names, Clint Rakovich and Rocky Lombardi. You just sound like you were born to be football players. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Clint, going back to uh, your time at Western, what were some of the other D1 teams that you got an opportunity to play off of? Uh, yeah, so I said Coastal was one of them. Uh, Colorado State. We played U of I. We were able to play Illinois. Uh, you guys would be the U of I team this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm trying to remember, other than that, it's kind of just all these So, yeah, we play usually one big school every year. We actually played Northern Illinois by Redshirt. By Redshirt, I think it's a play. It would have been like 2016, 2017, right? Yeah, 2016. I have one question for you. Were you on the Michigan State team that blocked the punt? Or was that before? No, that was before. That was when you were getting recruited? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That game, the crowd shots, you guys also created some funny crowd shots on Georgia Tech. Did you guys see the YouTube video of the kid, the kid freaking out? Yeah, oh, yeah. that guy, uh, that was hilarious, first of all. But if, if he, I know he's struggling, but if he wants a new team, we're more than willing to take him in. We'll get him a Husky shirt, you know, and just tell him to, just tell him to hit us up. I need a graphic guy or someone who can help me out with some of the, the, the you know, the grunt work of the podcast. I, I, my phone is open, my DMs are open, but Rocky, uh, we'll transition into this. So as someone who's gone to the big house, you've shut up 110,000 screaming fans with your play, with your team. What can you take from that experience and use that on Saturday to, you know, maybe do it again? Yeah, um, I think it just gives me just a little added boost of confidence going in there, knowing that I've done it before, and then obviously we can do it again, so... Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's still football. You got to go out there and execute and do what you do on uh, game day. But just a little added boost of confidence, uh, already experiencing the atmosphere and uh, being a part of a win in the big house. And I know I asked you this, or someone may have asked you this this morning, uh, but if you talk specifically with any of the guys, I know uh, for some of the younger players on the team, Georgia Tech was their first game playing it unless they played Texas high school football in, in, a, in a stadium that loud and that many people. Uh, have you talked to the guys at all about the environment and what to expect on Saturday? Specifically, Clint, too. I talked to Clint about it. Yeah. You poked fun at him about the crowd earlier. <laughs> I talked a little bit individually, but then, no, I haven't addressed the team yet. Um, you know, we're still game planning and all that. It's still early in the week, so I'm kind of letting Coach Ham say what he wants to say and make sure that uh, he addresses the team gives us the mindset that he wants us to have. But I'll, I'll definitely say something to the team about the environment, about the noise, and, you know, just, just playing in that in that big environment, what it's like. Yeah. And then, Clint, for you, you know, having this guy under center, having Coach Hammond, Coach Jackson, and a couple other coaches on our staff all being former members of the Big Ten, what advantages do you think that plays in our favor going into this, you know, it's the biggest matchup of the season? Yeah, you know, just being home and uh, the experience level. You know, they've all kind of experienced it. They know what's going on. And, uh, you know, I think they're doing a great job of, you know, reaching us. Not like a game against you. You know, it's just another opponent. It's, you know, another team does the same thing. The process is every other team. They work out. They play football just like we do. And uh, I think everyone's kind of going into it the same way. You know, we don't need to prepare like the way that we do. Any other week, because everyone always prepares at the high level. So we're always doing the right thing. So I think it's... It's just a great opportunity to go out there. And with it being so, well, not necessarily so close, um, 
I'll, uh, I'll be live tweeting from the drive up there, but do you have some family coming out to the game up there? Because it's such a big one. Yeah, yeah, I got probably about 15 people up there. <laughs> Rocky, for you, I know we have some former former Blue and Gold fans in the family, but you got some guys, some girls coming out to the game? Yeah, I got, I got some, some family coming out and then a lot of friends uh, from MSU and okay. fellow Michiganders that I met at school that are, are going to be coming to support Do you think they remember you? Uh, I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> Clint's already played in that in an atmosphere. I'm surprised you didn't mention the it's the Fargo Dome or is it Dakota Dome? North Dakota State. Fargo, Fargo Dome. Oh, that, that's got to be the loudest place in the country, right? It's, it's not like a little over twenty thousand people, but the concrete dome just keeps all the noise in, and you can. Uh, our quarterback was screaming in the hall and it. I saw him out. Was that uh, the Trey Lance or the Houston Stick? That was the UC. I actually played against both, so I played against Houston Stick and Trey Lance. Trey Lance looked phenomenal uh, in the preseason. And, I mean, obviously, we don't take too much in the preseason, but he went through a touchdown, too, in week one. Uh, Rocky, let me ask you this. As we talked a little bit about my Chicago Bears. What are your thoughts on our whole – if you don't got – if you got two quarterbacks, you got none. What's your thoughts on our situation? Oh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I understand what they're doing. Um, you know, obviously, Andy Dalton takes a lot of crap, but he's a – established quarterback and you know, he played well he didn't lose us the game i'll yeah, say that yeah and he's, he's he's proven to be a successful quarterback with the Bengals, and, which is quite frankly obviously not a very successful franchise but you know he, he's won games there i'm sure he can win games in chicago and justin fields you know i, I played against him too and he's, he's a phenomenal talent really well oh yeah because you would run in the same same era as justin fields because you're just a couple years removed from the big ten so yeah one just one. That's insane. Yeah, and you broke. I wish my brother was here tonight, man. I tell you about this every time I see you, but last year uh, I was leaving one of our games here, and me and my boys just Saturday and Sunday just load like four TVs up in someone's family room and just camp out. And uh, I was arriving, and it was as you guys were leaving Ryan Field with a dub and <laughs> crushing their college football playoff hopes. So that was uh, a sight to see, and it's like, we talked about this a little bit earlier. It's like college football just has – it's just different. Like, I love the NFL to death. I love watching the MLB and the NBA, but it's just something different about college football. Can you speak a little bit to that, you guys being players, with, like, the traditions and all the different things involved? Yeah. I think it's just the, you know, kind of the home feel you get in college football. Team. You know, a lot of sports, especially, you know, professionals, it's more of a job for them, I feel like. At least to some of them. In college, you're all playing for each other. You know, you're playing for education, school, you're playing for fans. It's, it's always a great atmosphere. And, you know, the locker room is just something that, you know, it's definitely Yeah, I think from a community perspective, you know, the, the NFL, you know, the Chicago Bears, unless you, you know, worked in their front office or something, you're not really super connected to the Bears. But, yeah, but, you know, Northern Illinois or where anywhere, if you're an alum, you know, that's that's your school. That's your program. So there's a lot of passion that the fans have you know, about their school. And, uh, it, that's what makes it special. Yeah, yeah and that's uh, for some reason, as you guys know, I'm a perennial dork. I do the dumbest stuff. I parked, like, on the opposite side of the condo. So I ended up walking through the tailgate, and I saw an entire tailgate of, like, Evan Bussell's family, and I'm like, that's just the stuff that you love to see. Like, let's go. Uh, they all had different, like, Edinburgh jerseys on and stuff. So I, I always like seeing stuff like that. I like seeing your family out to support you guys. Two, I also saw uh, Devin Lafayette last week. It was good to see him in good spirits and with a smile on his face. 
Um, have you guys seen um, who was it that got it was Eric? Have you guys talked to Eric since uh, Saturday? Because I know he went down towards the end of the game. Yeah, he was just having some muscle issues. He, Eric's, Eric's gonna be fine. Um, he's uh he's gonna be a good player for us. He, he was good in week one, especially he had a really outstanding game there. Um, and, you know, it's just early in the season. Guys' muscles aren't quite. You got to get used to getting hit again. And then, too, you got to get used to last year was – you got to play how many plays? Six last year, too, right? You got to play what? Six games last year, too, yes. right? Yeah. So, I think the math – Matt, the big time they did six. I know some conferences like the SEC did eight or more, but I just remember Dabo Sweeney crying about it and then just getting low raced off the field by the Bears' current quarterback. But, yeah, it's, the best teams will win, and we found out as usual – Bama, but NIU, <laughs> NIU is 1-0 against Alabama all time, and I don't see us scheduling them anytime soon, so we're going to take that one to the grave with us. Uh, but, Clint, going into this game, so uh, the one big you know, player on their defense, I guess you say their best player on their defense, Aiden Hutchinson on the defensive line, they're really good up front. Feeling like this is going to be another similar game to last week, like Wyoming, where it's going to be let's run the football a lot, let's control the clock and the time of possession. What would you say your one of one is this week to make sure that we're successful on offense? Uh, I'd say just trust me. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be cloudy. Uh, holes aren't going to be as big. You know, you're going to have to have those runs where you're only getting maybe, you know, two or three yards kind of a catch here and there. But uh, like I was telling Harry last game, you know, we struggled a little early running the ball against Wyoming. I kept telling him just to trust it. You know, it'll open up. You know, wear him down eventually. You know, just keep going at him. And he'll never back down. Yeah, the thing that I don't know, I think we said it before we started, but as a team, Rocky included, between the three of you guys, we were in the negative at the half. And you guys put up over 240 yards rushing. So it's like, if you stick with the game plan, I guess it will work. But Rocky, for you, uh, you're one of one, especially considering, like, you know, you've gone into the big house, you've won there. What would you say is most important for our offense to be successful for you to do? Yeah, I think, you know, like, uh, like I talked about, we gotta, we got to trust the offense. we got to be able to run the ball. And we will. And we talked about it a little today, but they're, they're not they're not always going to be 75-yard touchdown runs that are going to explode out of nowhere. That'd be nice. You know, sometimes it would be nice. But sometimes, you know, you, you take four yards when you can get it, and it's not always pretty. But, you know, you move the ball four yards at a time, you're, you're going to score a touchdown. So you got to take the ugly yards when you can get them. Yeah, and the most important part, you're going to get first downs, which is going to keep that clock going. And in a game like this, you almost want to shorten the game. You don't want to take the air out of the ball. Like, if you can get a quick strike, get a quick strike. So you want to control the ball, and you want to make sure that there's not too much damage done on defense. But obviously, uh, unless we got Clint Tron out at linebacker, which I wouldn't be too far out of the realm of possibility, I don't think we have to worry about that. Uh, but given the circumstances of having a boneyard victory in our, you know, in our bag for this year, the importance of already feeling that and already seeing that you know we are capable of doing this and we can go in and do the impossible going into this big of a game. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 and I talked about it all, all day so far, but it's just about building confidence. You know, if, if you go in there expecting to win the game, you know, that you, you have a chance to win the game. You got a good shot. If you go in there expecting to lose the game, the, you virtually have no chance, right? So for us to get a boneyard victory already and, and come back against Wyoming, and I know that doesn't look good on the scoreboard, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to take that to the bank of us. Like, we, we know that we can come back. We know yeah. that we're a consistent team. We're, we're not going to give up. So. 
Yeah, and even if you look back at the game last weekend, the two turnovers that we talked about a little earlier, it's like tip pass, kind of sketchy plays. And then I, I did mention this on the post game pod. There was one that was tipped, and you just said, nope, not staying in there. I was like, I was like, Rocky turned into a DB real quick. So, yeah, sometimes I literally said it. Uh, I think I may have tweeted, I said, quite literally, the ball just didn't fall our way today. And sometimes that happens. Um, but but Clint, for you, uh, the importance of already having that boneyard win, and it must have been crazy for you guys because you know you come into a new program, you don't really know what to expect, especially in your first game, and you guys go out and get the dub. What's the importance of having that under your belt going into a big game like this? Not like said, you know, we all kind of went into that game. We all expected, like you said, it's the most important part of my mind. So if you don't do a game thing, you're gonna win, and you're gonna do everything possible to be a So I feel like you're just really big. You know, uh, motivated for our team and kind of just let us realize, you know, we can do something very special. Yeah. I had to wait a day or two to record. Uh, I lost my voice. I was I was told I'm a bad person for wearing my NIU hat in the bar because we messed up some guy's bed and all this stuff. But I was I was having a day, and then, as I told Braden and Liam, the next day, I actually had to eat 12 hot dogs. I don't know if you, you guys follow me on Twitter, so you may have saw that, but – I made a bet with uh, another on-tap sports-type contributor for the Cubs Sox, and, I mean, the Cubs just aren't good at baseball this year. That's <laughs> point blank period. I don't know if you guys watch any other sports like the NBA or MLB or anything like that. Uh, I've been watching golf a little bit. Oh, yeah. I, I'm a huge golfer, so I got Clint into golf a little bit. We, he loves it, which is awesome. We just sit down and watch golf, hang out. It's not very good. Hey, <laughs> Clint, I'll go. Uh, I'll go to the driving range with you, and we'll just see who can hit it the furthest. Because it doesn't matter where it lands, because it's not landing anywhere near the pot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Braden and Liam were talking about that as our final segment. I have a couple more questions, then we'll get into that segment. We're going to do the roommate rapid fire. In fairness, I kept it as the same question, so you guys can get your answers off. Uh, they were they were doing Clint kind of dirty last week, but uh, I was I was a big part of that because. Because they talked about it, and they said, you know, I asked who's the messiest, and they go, Clint, and I'm like, let me guess, protein powder and, <laughs> and, 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 and the whey protein shaker all over the place. Raw eggs everywhere. Yeah, so, but, I mean, Clint, Clint's got to eat. He's, you know, the dog's got to eat. He's a big guy, and, and the way you break tackles and the way you run in and out of your, you know, in and out of your spots, it's, it's insane to see, and you're very fast, too. So, um, I got to ask you guys both as part of this, you know, I guess you would say program, What's it like being playing during the NIL era of college football? Because for our entire childhood, what we grew up, you couldn't even buy your own jersey at, at the store. What's it like now uh, having an NIL sponsorship and then just being part of that, like, historic era? Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. I think that it's awesome that people can make money off of their name, image, and likeness now. Um, I think that, you know, for, for a long time, athletes have kind of gotten the short end of the stick of making – just outrageous amounts of money for the universities and, and really not, not seeing any of that money. Um, so, so it's good. There's a lot of people that have benefited from it. And, uh, but I guess my one concern, I hope it doesn't get too out of hand. Yeah. Cause it, it can get real crazy sometimes. Cause it turns it into like a nuclear arms race where it's like, well, yeah, if you're the quarterback at Alabama, you're obviously going to make more than if you're the quarterback at middle Tennessee state. Like, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Like if you're selling your own jerseys, like, yeah, make profit off. Yeah, obviously, but I, I just hope it doesn't turn into, you know, these boosters here from Alabama or these boosters from Clemson, whatever. Now people are just feeding money into programs for kids. 
Well, and luckily, before we get to Clint's answer, NIU is working with the company was a compass to make sure that uh, you guys are all like all the companies that players are working with are vetted and to make sure they're legit to make sure they take care of you guys, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's a good. It's good, especially because I, you know, I'm not a lawyer, obviously. So not a lawyer. <laughs> I yeah. can't I can't read contracts very well, and I, I know uh, that a lot of our players can't do that either. So <laughs> right. when they get to the league, and uh, hopefully I finish my NFL PA exam up here in a little while, we already we can get that that work good. But yeah, I, I uh, first and foremost didn't know how I would ever get involved in the NIL. I work for a sports management company as well, and like I saw Portnoy bar will start getting into it i'm like if he's in this there's no way we can't be in this and then now you know we got the show here you guys are fatty sponsored athletes but Clint, uh for you what's it feel like I'm coming from an fcs school too because i know rocky was smoking fun at you but the way i look at it is you've belonged at this level the entire time and when you get there on saturday you're going to give them an opportunity to prove why you you know deserve to be a, a, a d1 player but what's it like to be a part of the nil here Definitely crazy times, you know, like uh, you, were, uh, you were mentioning Compass. It's a really good tool for us, kind of helps us, you know, work through some of those contracts. But you're kind of on your own. Yeah. And I was seeing some story that it was some kid signed his entire four years away to college for, I think, it was $20. Didn't read the time print and ended up kind of getting screwed on the deal. So yeah. it's kind of nice to have a little bit of guidance involved there. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. There's no like, you know, the little the handbook for dummies. There's no like NIL handbook for dummies. There's no like, hey, this is how you NIL. It's just kind of like up to what you do. And, and like earlier, I was talking to Michael Kennedy, and uh, he has a sponsorship with the local State Farm agent. I'm like, yo, I might actually have to hit you up. I don't got a good rate. I'm not a great driver, but that's a, that's a, that's a me problem. It's called Mike and State Farm. Yeah, yeah, Mike and State Farm. There we go. So, all right. So, I think. That's, that's the majority of it. So we're going to get into uh, the roommate rapid fire. For those of you that were with us last week, uh, we had Braden Patton and Liam Sorahan on the show who are also roommates with the two gentlemen that I'm sitting next to right now, Rocky and Clint. So I decided we save the best part for last. Rocky, we'll start with you on a long road trip. Who's going to control the music? And what are you playing? Music. I would say Clint would be controlling music. And he would be playing a variety of Things. <laughs> DJ Clint in the house. So Clint, who would be playing outside yourself the music on that road trip, and, and what would they be playing? Uh, it'd be Rocky. Every time you go golfing somewhere, like hour away or something, he'll play some music. You can never guess who he's playing. You can't guess the genre. You can't guess anything. Always, always keep I like to surprise him. You know, just whatever he's expecting, I try to play the opposite. So you're telling me neither one of you guys had the uh, the auxiliary cord in the game-winning locker room after Georgia Tech. Do we know who it was who took over? Oh, we can't we can't get away from Junie, Coach Junie. Oh, right Coach Junie, there we go. Well, I saw uh, just last week uh, uh, Deion Jackson just going nuts in the locker room, like with his team. And I can only imagine. I know you saw the video last year of. Uh, Coach Hammock doing the splits. Did you guys see that? Yeah, that was this uh, <laughs> or this spring. Yeah, this yeah, spring, this right? Spring, yeah, yeah, spring. Yeah, yeah. The hands contest after the spring ball practice. He just he hit it out there. Surprised I, I think he, I think he set it up on purpose. He, he had the dance contest <laughs> yeah. figured out, and then all of a sudden he pulls that move out. I'm, I'm not buying it. Coach Hammock knows, <laughs> and be careful. If you invite him to your wedding and you guys get married, he might outdo you on your own dance floor. So it'd be tough to see that, but. On this road trip, uh, who would be the driver? I got Braden oh. last week from the guys. I, I would be the driver for okay. sure. Okay. 
Quarterback, captain, that makes sense. 100% I'm a driver. I love road trips. I drive everywhere. I'm co pilot. You're co pilot. Yeah, so we got Clint playing the music and Rocky's driving. Yeah. Okay, that works out. Braden's in the back and Liam's maybe in the back, if not in the trunk. <laughs> it's hard to fit a six, seven guy in the trunk, man. No screws. All right, so Clint. The one. Your redemption chance right here. Who leaves the biggest mess in the house? I'm going to say Liam. Okay. That is a good answer. It's Liam. You know, uh, I, I try to clean up. I do a lot of cooking. Yeah, Rocky kind of switch up some responsibilities. Uh, he usually does a lot of cleaning. I was, like I said, I'm cooking all the time. I usually eat like six, seven times a day. Yeah. So, I, mean, I guess maybe sometimes it's tough, but I do try to clean up. Rocky, for you? Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with Liam. Uh, Clint, Clint, wow. and I, Clint and I, we kind of work as a tandem. You know, we yeah. work as a team where he does, like you said, he does a lot of the cooking and I do a lot of the cleaning, but you know, Liam, he has this gigantic rice maker, right? So it's like this big bowl, like the size of the sink. And he makes the rice and he just throws it in the sink. And then you can't, you can't put anything else in there. It's like, how am I supposed to wash dishes when there's this big bowl in there? Rice is the worst thing too, because many moons ago when I wasn't so out of shape, I used to meal prep and do all the containers and all that stuff. And the most common and easy and cheapest is chicken, rice, and broccoli or whatever. If you don't clean the rice off after that first day, you're you're tugging and pulling, and then eventually it sticks to the container and it's over with. So we obviously Liam clean a little bit better, and I'm glad we got a full scoop from Clint that he was not in fact the dirtiest person. I dropped a tweet earlier in the week. I said from my sources, I've heard Clint is not the dirtiest. But Rocky, uh, for you, who is the morning person of the house? Uh, the, the person most likely to wake everyone else up. Oh. Um, I'm going to say Liam, you know, Clint and I, we, like I said, we work together a lot, a lot of things. So we always drive together to practice and, you know, let's say we leave at 515. I swear, Liam is out of the house at 430 every day. I don't know. I, I, I'm sleeping, right? It's 455 and I hear boom, 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 pounding on the ground. I'm waking up. I'm like, what in the hell is Liam doing up right now? Yeah. There's no reason for it. Yeah, you guys have no excuse to be late for practice unless it's like daylight savings and none of your phones switch over, right? Yeah. Even then, I think we're good with Liam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Liam, do you even sleep well? <laughs> he does go to bed at about 8 p.m. every day, so that helps. Yes, I, I am, uh, I'm like quite the opposite. It's weird. I like stay up late and then wake up early. It's, I'm a weird person. It's not, not great. <laughs> not great. Uh, but for you, Clint, uh, who, who is most likely to wake everyone up? Yeah, it's Liam's definitely personal. I'd say the only way he's waking everyone up though is him walking around the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's definitely the first one up, but he's not he's not the morning person. Do you guys live in a townhouse or an apartment? Because if it's like Liam has a room upstairs and you got a room downstairs, I can imagine that can be problematic. Yeah, so we is it considered a townhouse, I think, right? It's a townhouse. I think three bedrooms But it's like two store. Okay, so yeah. And I live in the basement. Oh. So yeah. So yeah, you hear Liam with his uh, lemon pepper steppers on there with two bricks <laughs> on his feet. It's making all the noise. That's not great. All right, so to counter that, who is the person that is the night owl? The person that you come out to go to the bathroom and they're still watching a movie or they're still playing Madden or on the phone with someone? Who's that guy? It's either me or Clint for okay. sure. Brayden and Liam go to bed before 9 p.m. 
almost every day. <laughs> they got to teach me their ways. I don't know how they do it. But I would say, I'd say Clint probably more than me is mostly up. Even though I was up last night texting him at midnight, asking if he wanted to hang out, he was asleep. <laughs> like, bro, me and the family are I heard you guys are getting pretty good at guitar here, too. Oh, yeah. Clint's, Clint's amazing. What's uh, what's the favorite song that you play on Guitar Hero? Oh, uh, I go Sweet Child of Mine. Okay, great choice. For you, Rocky? Oh, I like to play the easier songs, yeah. but on the hardest difficulty, right? Because I can play most of them on hard, but then I just feel better when I play expert, but I'm not good yeah. enough to play the harder songs. Yeah, I was the same way, and I haven't played in a while, but it's like, I have quick fingers, but uh, the way Liam and Brayden were describing it last week, they're like, yeah, they just bought Guitar Hero last night, and they're already experts at it. Like, <laughs> it's like, okay, like you guys are uber competitive guys, both captains, both, you know, I look at it like, you, were you guys the guys in gym class, like, still fighting for that last, the last, uh, the last basket, the last touch, and two-hand touch, all that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, uh, I'm a very competitive person. I told uh, before COVID and everything, and, and even during COVID, I've always wanted to do like video content. And like I told Billy after the video with him and Dave Vern went, went viral, I'm like complex on, on overtime and all this stuff. I was like, Billy, line him up, I'll plan you. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, before you guys got here, they left the tires out, out front of the yard. I had a little workout. I left the rack, and I'm like, you know what? Let's uh, let's see if we can do a couple of flippies. And I was flipping the 300. So I'd, I'd like to think uh, I could still do that. But with the way I've been not working out lately, I, I highly doubt that. But if I do want to get back in the gym, I know I know who to come holler at with uh, with Clint over here. What are some of uh, some of your like maxes? Because I know the way they look at it is is like deadlift, uh, bench, and squat. What's like your your, your total? Yeah, so the three main ones we did this year was bench, squat, and clean. Uh, yeah. So bench ended up hitting right over 400, I think it was 407. That's uh, disrespectful. Squat, I ended up touching over 600. Yeah. And then uh, clean, I think it was somewhere around 340. Just like a casual car weight, you know, maybe yeah. like an <laughs> elephant weight. It's unreal. Rocky, how about you? I know we don't need, we need more of the finesse and the, uh, what are the, the like, Cable workouts, you don't need to be out there bunching like 350. Like, yeah, you know, it'd be nice. Are we, So, what are we doing? So, I, used to, <laughs> I okay. used to be a meathead, I did, but they, you know, playing quarterback, I'm trying to focus now more on flexibility and stuff. But in my prime, um, I, I think I, I'm trying to think, I, I almost hit a 500 squat, so I was about 465, I think, is my best squat. Yeah. Um, my best bench is 385, and then uh, my best clean is probably close to 300. I haven't cleaned in a long time, though. See, I'm so <laughs> far away from you guys. That's squat 415, very sketchy. Had to have my guy, you know, help me out with, with the spot. That is, I think, like 245 for, like, one of those squeezers. Like, yeah. And then uh, power cleans, I would always just do, like, a bunch of reps. So I would always I – would, I was like, if I drop this – I'm going to the hospital, so let's just stick at 135. <laughs> Two plates, one on each side, and we'll let it go. But all right, so a few more for roommate rapid fire, and we'll go ahead and wrap up here for, for the second show. It's already it's kind of full by. It's already seven o'clock. I can't believe it. Uh, but uh, Rocky, we'll start with you. Uh, who controls the family room TV remote? I know we got a couple TVs in there, but on movie night, let's say who's picking? Yeah. Um, 
I'd say again, Clint or I. Um, I'd say that Clint ultimately gets the decision, but I'm probably the one that's suggesting like moving. Hey, like, hey, Rock, throw this on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, hey, Clint, I got some ideas. He's like, no, 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 it's my system. Yeah, no, it's usually always Rocky ideas, unless I see something. Yeah, but usually he's always throwing something off. We are huge movie guys. We movie quotes yeah. all over the place. I mean, we love movies, especially comedies. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a big movie guy myself. I actually like saw the comms underground, and they make you take movie film uh, like courses. And it's like I have such a greater appreciation for them after like learning everything that goes into them. Yeah, funny movies. What what's your guys' favorite? What's uh what's sure. your like most quotable movie? So Clint's actually a wizard with quotes. Okay. I mean he is really Clint gives off big quote guy vibes. Yeah, yeah. You go He's a one liner guy. List some movies that uh, quote. I mean Step Brothers obvious. Most of the time too. Happy Gilmore's up there. Will Oh yeah. I was gonna say Will Ferrell is just such a quotable guy, but yeah, like I can't say it on this microphone, but let's just say after this we'll we'll have we'll enjoy a stick with big run. That's one of my favorite movies. They got it on Netflix too, but uh all right, so who's the most competitive in the house? This is a good one, because I think you guys probably all think you're the most competitive. Who do you say Clint was the most competitive guy in the house? Uh it's kind of tough. I'd say probably between one of us me or Rocky. I I was I always hate losing, even if it's a card game or something we're playing out that's why I get a lot of I get really frustrated when you go golfing seeing this guy play. Then you're scratched golf, and I'm out here trying to just find my ball every time. Clint, I made eye contact with you in the press conference after we lost on Saturday, and I looked away at you because I was like, that is a scary man right now, baby. Yeah, I was, I was definitely upset. It was a tough game, but, you know, we won't I go, I go to war for these two guys right here, same with the guys from last week. But, Rocky, for you, who's the most competitive guy? Uh, I, a little bit of bias, but I'm the same myself. Okay. But if, if anybody were to be competing with me, I would say it's probably Clint. All right, and here's one I didn't ask last week because Brady and Liam said they're not the best golfers. But, you know, Clint kind of led me to this. But who is the best golfer in Knox? Rocky. It's not even close. I'd say with a few months practice, he can make golf. I'm not good with, like, I'm not good with anything past just the driving part of it. And then, like, you've gone mini golfing, right? I'm good at mini golf. That counts for anything. I don't know how, I don't know how much that counts. Hey, you must really know. The, yeah. The closest golfer on the team to me would be Ethan Hampton, actually. Ethan plays a little yeah. bit. And then Ryan Yosa, two quarterbacks. Both of them played high school golf, actually, for their senior year. So they're they're pretty solid golfers. Um, it's got to be a quarterback thing. Yeah, it's a quarterback. I'm trying to think of who else. But you're you're Paul Tucker's. Paul Tucker's yeah, they good. were saying that uh, last week that you guys went over here locally, like you guys and Cole and, and yeah, that, that you were you were running the links and. Oh yeah, we had a little uh, alumni outing. <laughs> wasn't that wasn't that the fatties? The fatties? Oh, um, this was was it fatties? I think or was that the one it, that they did with Coach Hand? Fatties was was a different one. So we had it was me, Clint, Cole Tucker, and then. Ethan Hampton against the coaches, and I think we beat him by like 10 strokes or something. Clint's, so I'll tell you a quick story about Clint's golf game. Yeah, it's all right. We got Oh, yeah. In front of Jordan Lynch, too. Oh, obviously, an NIU legend. Everybody's sitting there watching the tee shots. Uh, Clint goes up there first. Barely <laughs> <laughs> hit the ball. The starter's like, are you ready to go? 
he hits it almost almost directly behind him. Like yeah. Straight left, almost kills the starter, and everybody just starts dying laughing. It's so funny. Craig, you gotta take it easy, man. I mean, I know golf's not the easiest sport, but you just gotta push the ball forward. There's a lot of power behind the swing. Yeah. He was a little nervous, but he, he showed up the rest of the, the rest of the outing, no doubt. Well, and as someone who I haven't talked about, I've played, I bet if we had played him, would probably beat me. And he definitely 100% would hit the ball at least 100 yards further than me. I'll go out and say, just judging by the total on the weight with me. But yeah, like it's fun and it's kind of just like, relaxing like i've only really gone to the range i i golfed a little when i was younger but it's just like a good getaway and then two it's like you got two competitive guys like yourself you're playing until the last hole yeah we, we don't lose very often we're, we're often partners and uh we've had a lot of comebacks and we've had a lot of blocks too but we, we like to, we like to win so on the topic uh, we talked a little bit about guitar hero who's the best gamer in the house and like what's the game of choice that you guys like to play um, the best gamer in the house would be Clint, for sure. Braden would be a close second. Um, Liam and I don't really play video games that much, but Liam's definitely last. So, put that on record. We love you, sir. We love you, Liam. <laughs> yeah, Liam, Liam had a nice games. little pancake and a nice little catch out there on Saturday. I saw him. He, uh, he flatlined some dude. It was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Liam's got a lot of talents. Video games is just it happens to not be just on the list. just happens to not be on the list. And then for you, Clint, who's the best video game? I'm the same to me. Uh, Game of choice? We play Warzone. Uh, you know, we, uh, we actually have some private lobbies where we have it's just all the guys in the team. There's like 40 or 50 of us in there. And uh, I go in there and we just try to go for another 10 or 15. You know, yeah, because you can't leave a single talent if, like, you know, say some of the people in the receiver room or the running back room, like, yeah, you don't want this smoke. But it's like, no, we're all playing in the same room. And, and uh, I have a way better KDR. My KDR is. It looks like a golf score. Let's just say. That's where my KDR is, is a golf score. Oh, man. Not good. Yeah, not great. All right, so I think we kind of answered this one a little bit earlier, but Clint, who do you think cooks, the board? cooks and cleans the most in the house? I'd say I cook the most. Rocky, Rocky cleans the most. Also, I said Amanda. Yeah, special shout-out to Amanda. Yeah, yeah. She, she does a lot of cooking. I'd like to say thank you to her. Yeah, definitely. She's definitely in shape. Uh, yeah, we do a lot of the like dishes, and, like small stuff, but you know the stuff you don't think about, like clean surfaces. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, who would who would think about that? Well, it's like uh, take for example, take this beautiful sign right behind us. Before you guys got here, uh, as you guys know, I'm a one man wrecking crew. I don't have a team with me. I got my dad here and his lovely girlfriend. I was like trying to set up the sign, and uh, you know we had to get the woman's touch to see if it was on point. I think it looks pretty cool. Shout out to Jeff and Tim for making that sign because when I saw that, that was just another proud moment in the building of this podcast. But one final question uh, going into, you know, because Clint, you'll be leaving the house this year, so this meal will be this year. Who's cooking the last meal in the house and what is it? Who, who is cooking the last meal? I'm going to cook the last meal. It's going to be some nice steak dinner, like, turkey dinner, all out. Made with, made with love and tears. Yeah. Dude, it was yes. a sad day. Is that yeah, water? No, no, it's tears. <laughs> tears of pain. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, uh, other than that, I mean, I think we've pretty much covered anything. Do you guys have anything else that you want to get off your chest here before we ride out? You have any movie quotes you want to get off your chest, Clint? Any Junie impressions? Coach Junie? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I got it. We're all good. 
Perfect. Well, once again, we thank everyone for joining us at the second live Huskies on Tap podcast on Fatty's Public Forum. Today, we were joined by Fatty-sponsored athletes Rocky Lombardi and Clint Rakovich. And a recorded version of this show will be available wherever you get your podcasts in the morning. We'll be back next Tuesday, September 21st at 6 p.m. for another live show with guests to be posted later in the week. Again, my name is Brandon Suarez, and my work can be found at Huskies on Tap on Twitter or Instagram, as well as at ontapsportsnet.com. We really do appreciate everyone for being in attendance tonight. Make sure if you're available and you've got a little extra gas in your car, get out to Ann Arbor on Saturday. But if not, the boys will be back the following weekend against Maine. But we got nothing else for you guys. Thank you very much for coming, and go Huskies. Go Dogs. Yeah. I got drinks on living lavish in the kitchen whipping magic. I got drinks on living lavish in the kitchen whipping magic. Bad bitch, bad habits. We got London on the track. Dirt, dirt. I ain't asking now for nothing. I took the heart away. Twelve put me over, coming with it. The, they took my heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Jumping in heart away.